Hey guys, it's the hardcore legend Mick Foley here, and I need to call a quick timeout, a brief timeout, because I wanted to tell your listeners what I have been telling Foley is Pod listeners for a while now about all the cool things happening over on adfreeshows.com. The road to WrestleMania has begun. And in this ad-free show's exclusive, Tony and JR sit down to call the action from some of WrestleMania's biggest matches, including the end of The Undertaker's streak. Hard hitting war. I thought that that Taker kicked out. I was wrong. And maybe that's because of my prejudice that I wanted to see Taker win. Yeah, I, I would have liked to see 22 and 0 as well. But this is a historic moment. It really is in. Not only in WrestleMania history, but in all of pro wrestling, if you think about it. What does everybody want? How about a sit-down exclusive with Al Snow, who discusses a wide range of topics, including his dear friend, Jim Cornette. Jimmy knows and understands his gimmick. Uh, <laughs> and he knows and understands what draws for him. And like any good worker, uh, Jimmy's going to capitalize on it. You know, and, and a lot of what you see is not... Jim Cornette. It's it's an aspect of Jim Cornette, and it's just an aspect that Jimmy's turned the volume up on. Apparently, as the years went on, a lot. (laughs) Ad-free show members recently sat shotgun alongside Kevin Nash for a live watch along of his WWE Championship match against Shawn Michaels at In Your House Seven. Catch the event now on demand. (laughs) Bullet. A year of. A year of brutal matches was too much for the big man. Too much for the big man's shoulders as he reached in. He reached those, continually reached those shoulders into his pockets and came out empty from the amount of money that was paid him. That's just a small taste, a sampling, if you will, of what we have waiting for you with four levels to choose from. Four. See for yourself why ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now, right now, at adfreeshows.com. As cold as a razor blade, as tight as a tourniquet, like the skin on a dying man. I don't want a piece of the world. I want the whole world. I make my own rules. Because it's much easier that way. Trust me. What's up, everybody? I'm Marcus D'Angelo, and this is The Snake Pit. And, of course, we're here with the man himself, Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts. And, Jake, we have got one hell of a guest today. Well, Marcus, the fuck up. Uh, I should have started recording this about 15 minutes ago. We're going to have a wonderful time. We are going to have a great time. And uh, I said a, a hell of a day, and it's kind of a pun because uh or a hell of a guest and that is a pun because uh we've got the devil himself here who's joining us today to talk about your time together in florida and of course i'm talking about mr kevin sullivan mr sullivan how are you sir uh it's kevin and, <laughs> Kevin. Uh, yeah and uh it's great to be here you didn't flip on the switch can so you believe that not- couldn't browbeat you for we went through an hour before you flipped it off. Jesus Christ. Hey. I thought we were oh, all man. good. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad we're not in person because I saw what you guys did to Barry Windham down there in, in Florida. And um, oh, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm never, to never touched him. <laughs> I'm thrilled to talk about that because guys, this is one of the most infamous battles uh ever in wrestling. Really fondly remembered by uh fans because it's the ultimate good versus evil. It's the son of a plumber, Dusty Rhodes, and the Prince of Darkness, Kevin Sullivan. Uh man, I I know for sure that you guys have got some stories to tell. Well, Kevin, uh, Kevin, tell me a question. I gotta answer a question for me. Yes, sir. Uh I was in Charlotte when I got the opportunity to come in. Had y'all picked me to come in, or I, I wanted to... you, I wanted you to come in, and I think I know Dusty wanted you to come in. Oh, okay, Dusty, cool. Uh, because I was there by myself at that time, 
and he said, uh, who would you like to have? I said, I know we probably can't get him, but Jake would be great because I had seen you before. And he said, I think I can get him. And I don't know if he called, he probably called you. But uh, yeah, I don't it, remember. It, it, it just clicked. And, oh, it did. Yeah. But the thing it was is, so much fun, man. I'm gonna, so much fun. I'm going to. It, it was, it was great being around somebody where they don't consider me the biggest asshole in the room. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but I'm Kevin's gonna, got me straight there. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, all the fans listening. I stole everything I could from Jake. I didn't have working ability, but that isn't a sad thing because I I can't name two guys that did or do, but his wow. interviews. And I always say, if a young guy asks me about interviews, I say, if you're going to be a heel or a babyface, but especially a heel, you just have to watch Jake. I said, yeah. I watched somebody, you know, I said, in our era before that, and even today, guys sometimes try to be, ah, I'm going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. You think that. you have to tell people to shut up in the room that was sitting at home watching the TV and turn the, turn it up. I can't hear what he's saying. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, it was, he was so far ahead of this time that I, I know this for a fact, and I just found out, Jake, that, Randy too got booed out of the building when he was a baby face with you. And oh yeah. And Savage, yeah. Yeah. He the people after a while, and again it was a different era. After a while, even those people back in the day, they respected him and enjoyed his performance so much, they started mm. cheering for him. Appreciate you were so damn good, you could have had to run with Hogan forever. I don't know, bro. You know, I, I mean, they booed you out the. They booed you because uh, they were afraid to book you with them because they're afraid you're gonna get have them get booed out of the building, right? That, that's true, man. It yeah. happened twice. You know, we went yeah. to uh, Providence, Rhode Island, went out to the ring, and it was probably forty sixty, my favor. And they got tired of the people chanting. DDT, yep. DDT, because they just would not shut up. <laughs> you know, that really sucks when you're in the ring and you're begging the fans to shut up. Yeah. You should be enjoying it. And, and you know something? I am, I mean, we all have to adapt and it's a different time and a different era. Oh, yeah. You know, you did, you, you, your daddy didn't work like you worked and People before him didn't work, but I can't see how someone logically in an illogical business watches the DDT, which you said, I, I can't remember people chanting for a finish, right? No. The finish was a person by itself. Right. I don't know how you can have how you protected and how you did it so well. How guys can go basicize it and use it for a false finish. By 1982, it's, uh, you know, you were talking about uh, how Jake was really over with everybody. But by 1982, all of a sudden, you were about to really get over with this uh, this new character. America was swept by this kind of satanic panic following the Manson family murders, Son of Sam, Exorcist, all that kind of Some thing. Some of my favorite people. <laughs> well, you guys were you know, were peas in a pod with him in this era. Is is it safe to assume, Kevin, that uh, you, you got some inspiration from this stuff? Oh, yeah. And, you know, Tons. the thing you forget, too, was M MTV first started about that time. So there was Michael J uh, Jackson, Jackson, Michael Jackson, Thriller, Billy Idol, oh, White shit, Wedding. Man. It was all that tinted that way, you know, Ozzy Osbourne, all that. And then the horror movies became super big back again. So we kind of took from that, you know. It was awesome, and you know, I I've heard Jake talk about it. I've heard a lot of other people in wrestling talk about it. Jake, can you maybe help contextualize uh, just how much the character resonated in that era in that area in Florida, nineteen eighty two? Oh fuck, man! All I had to do was watch the devil. 
<laughs> you know, I went out. I did a lot of the the wrestling bullshit. Yeah. But Kevin would come in the ring so fucking vicious. See, that's, I, I've never found that gear to be like him because he had a special way of just, you know, terrifying you, man. He was like a fucking psycho leprechaun coming at you that had fangs and teeth and dildos and whatever, and, and he would hurt you with them. With those dildos, you got to be careful with those dildos. Oh, my God. Tell me. <laughs> but it, it was... Uh... You know, it was a really good mix because, like I said, nobody can work like Jake, okay? And his talk was just, he set the bar. I think he set the bar in the industry for a long time on everything. But it was a nice mix and blend because we kind of, uh, he certainly helped my working ability in the ring because he was so good. So he could, he allowed me to do my stuff, but I used to sit there and awe, watch him. You know what I mean? I said, God, he looks like he's killing. Sometimes he did, I'm sure. <laughs> but, but I mean, we, we might have we might have a clip of that. See how I yeah. say we that? How about that, Jake? Pretty experienced. Uh, now I do want to say before we get there, though, it's you returned to Florida here in 1982, and it, it was so masterfully done because Kevin, you were this really kind of unassuming baby face type character. You're putting over the territory, saying all the best wrestlers in the world, and then Steve Kern came out and he said, "Ah, there's something off with this guy," and yeah. kind of, nobody was really kind of buying it. And uh, it just brilliantly set up. And uh, from the very beginning, was the Satanist character in your mind? Like before you even came back to the territory? No, I thought about being a heel. But then, you know, I got to Florida, you know. And we got to, you know, we, we can't forget what other era it was. Miami was built on powder, right? I mean, people running around, you know. the new, uh, Was it the time, time Magazine came out and said, it was actually good for you. It was <laughs> you remember that? So I mean everybody had their screw I'm stuck with it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody had their screw twisted a little but when I got there and I started seeing the uh, I said I had worked with the uh, Barry and Blackjack Mulligan up in Knoxville for a while. Oh. And I was a heel there and I said maybe I could split the dressing room where half the dressing room like Mike Graham and uh, some of the other guys, baby faces like me, but Barry and Blackjack didn't. And I said, if I start this real slow, I mean, I just didn't walk out with my eyes painted and face yeah. on. I did it slow. I, I think I, I probably picked that up from Jake before he even got there. It was probably six weeks, I bet you. Yeah, I just introduced that character slowly where people are starting to say, whoa. You got you got the good guys saying that he's no good. He's starting to look, sound strange, you know. And I, I started muttering some stuff, and then Gordon, who, who was the, the best for all times, him and I started to have this little repertoire going back and forth, where he was questioning me. I'm saying, "Well, you've never done anything wrong, Gordon. You haven't I've done anything wrong, but can't we turn the page and?" Yeah, man. I mean, it was pushed, and that—that's you know, that's, that's sweet. psychology too. That's sweet, man. It you know, when you take something and you build on it for several weeks, what yeah. you're doing is you're making the people think. And if you're making the people think, guess what? They're going to buy a ticket because yeah. they're thinking about this shit. They're no thinking question. about which way is it going to go? What the fuck is going to happen? Oh, he's not a heel. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And he set it up perfectly. They took weeks to do it. Right. And then they had me go out on, out to Gordon Soli and, and bring up Nevik Novelis. Yeah. And his name spelled backwards. <laughs> Is that Nevik cool or what? That, I mean, just incredible, especially because, again, during that era, you know, it was the whole, uh, that Beatles thing where they, they said if you played the White Album backwards. Right, it, right. I mean, right. dead. Right, right. Paul just is dead, yeah. Really incredibly done. And what else is cool is they start tag tag teaming with you to kind of reinforce this whole baby face thing. You start tag teaming with this young second generation wrestler by the name of Barry Windham. Um, and he was kind of associated with the family, which is Dusty Rhodes and Mike right. Grant. 
As it would turn out, uh, somebody referring to themselves as the Bone Buster would put a bounty on Wyndham, awarding $1,000 per broken bone. And who comes claiming this? But that's right, the man himself, Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts. And that's going to be our first uh, clip this week. Is Jake Devastating blow that high knee was. That must have been an unbelievable amount of punishment for Barry Wyndham to take. I can't believe he's still conscious. Suplay, but the bell, I believe I heard the bell. Yes, sir, the bell is rung. The bell has rung, and Roberts totally frustrated. Roberts, I think, felt that he had him. Barry Wyndham, uh, groggy and dazed. Let me tell you something right now. I came here. I went through all the channels. I did it the right way. I did it the championship wrestling of Florida's way. I asked for 30 minutes. I spent my time and my money. Well, 10 minutes is all the time we had, sir. What's he talking about? Ooh! Good Lord! He just drove. Now, the next time I ask for something, whoever you are, because it don't matter to me, Jack, you be sure it gets done. Right now, why don't you go take care of that punk? Because I came here to get rid of him, and by God, that's what I'm going to do. Man, just phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. Who, uh, who came up with guy? this? Who was that guy? <laughs> you know, I tell you what, me watching that, if I, if I, if I, you know, if I was a chick, I'd fuck him. Yeah, <laughs> fucking right. <laughs> Oh, Barry did a Barry did a wonderful job. You know, we, we were made to work with each other. It was just so yeah. so much fun. It was it was easy. We both sold our asses off. There was no struggle in the ring to do anything. He just kind of followed me along, and we just played. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. All right, guys, let's take a quick pause to talk about our pals over at athleticgreens.com. Guys, if you want to stay active and make an investment in your health, there's just no better solution than AG1 by Athletic Greens. Uh, for me, it's been about five months now since I started using AG1, and the difference I've experienced when it comes to energy, health, overall wellness, it's just it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, we used to joke that Folgers uh, was the best part of waking up. Not anymore. We're talking about athletic greens now. Uh, gone are the days of waking up and taking a bunch of multivitamins and supplements every single morning just to get myself where I need to be. No more. I'm done adding a million ingredients to a blender to make myself a healthy shake. And then you got to clean that thing out afterwards. AG1 makes it easy because it's just one scoop. You shake and you enjoy it. That's it, guys. With one delicious scoop of AG1, I get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, and it just it start my day off on the right foot. These ingredients support my gut health, my nervous system, immune system, recovery, focus, and most importantly for me, it was always about the energy. In just a couple months, I'm a new man, and I, I really believe that it has everything to do with AG1. It's become part of my daily routine. I can't imagine starting the day without it. It's easy, it's convenient, and most importantly, guys, it works. They've got more than 7,000 five-star reviews. That's 7,000 people that went out of their way to review this thing and say that it, it's, it's as great as I'm saying it is. You've just got to try it to believe it. And guess what? It costs less than $3 a day. That is a very small price to pay when it comes to making a true investment in your health. It's time, guys. Come on. Go and reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. I mean, you can't beat that deal. Just get started over at athleticgreens.com forward slash snake. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash snake, S-N-A-K-E, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You know, and uh, <laughs> whether it's work out this way, we wound up doing a lot of singles. 
And Barry and I would go out and put in 30 or 40. And then fucking Kevin Sullivan and Dusty would go to the ring and put in fucking seven. <laughs> and tear the <laughs> fucking house down. Yeah, eight with, with your fucking walk back. Yeah. <laughs> Barry and I would be sitting there. We haven't even got our boots off. We're still out breathing hard from the match. And these guys are walking back in saying, what a great show. <laughs> and what a fucking rebel of me. Hey, but, you know, Marcus, when you look at them perform, if at that period, if there was a better two guys to work together with, I don't know who it would have been. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, he he was, I, I used to watch them work and Jake would do something, the referee would be distracted, and then he'd throw him over the top and Barry could fly over the top and not touch it. Yeah. The girls would just about pass out. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh. Over, over the top DQ, man. It's so yeah. easy to get heat with that. Yeah. Just incredible. And to Kevin's point, you guys were natural opponents because you're like roughly the same size and height, body type, and you're both second generation wrestlers, both really skilled in the rant. Like it just, it, it was kind of a match made in heaven. And uh, here it's revealed that uh, Kevin Sullivan has actually brainwashed Jake uh, once, once this whole, uh, you know, this whole heel thing kind of comes to fruition. Um, it's it's amazing storytelling, and I have to ask: it, once you two get together, it's incredible chemistry. Uh, what it, what would either of you attribute that to? The ribs. Yeah, it, and I think that. <laughs> I, I want to hear about the ribs. I think that Jake and I have been around a lot of smart guys, and we saw what got over, and we knew that less is more. But you got to tell a story. And if you yeah. get them to listen to what you're talking about, and if it half-ass makes sense, like Jake said, they're going to pay to come in the building. Well, and, you know, it's... Blast doing it, man. It made sense and really resonated with people. Um, you know, it's you didn't just turn heel, Kevin. Uh, your promos became like really bizarre. You started rambling about like ancient temples and talking about eating a cosmic cookie. Yeah. Uh, listening to dark hey, voices. King Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> You've got like a bone necklace, uh, yeah. the X paint on your forehead like Charles Manson. It just it's such cool stuff. And yeah, it's you know it, again, let's put it in context. This is Florida in the '80s, a very conservative era. Uh, and it's rooted in religion down there. Kayfabe is still very much alive. Um, oh, it's so to oh, say that this angle yeah. got heat would be an understatement, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> now, Kevin, is is there truth to it? I've I've heard about you going out to like grocery stores, going out to gas stations yeah. in full gimmick. I wouldn't put the face paint on, but I did wear my robe just about everywhere I went. I always thought about this. If I'm supposed to be this insane person that was wears the black robe on TV, how can I have a polo shirt on, you know? Yeah, yeah, you, know? you kill it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and you got to realize how provincial Tampa was at the time, you know what yeah. I mean? It's probably, I mean, Tampa, I remember, Jake, and you probably do too. Marcus, are you aware of uh, the Buck Stadium, where it is, and on Del Mabry. Uh No, I've I've never been to the era. Okay. area. I well, it's on one of the main streets of Tampa. Yeah, I remember when there was nothing north of that building. That's now, crazy. I mean, there's millions of people living out there now. So yeah, that people. I mean, even though Tampa was a big town in Florida, it was a small town because if you went out, there's only limited places to go. And everybody would see you, they'd see you driving, they see you at the store or something. So you had to, I mean, if you, if you wanted to uh, kind of stretch the limits, you had to stretch the limits. It, it sounds like you did. And so, Jake, you had talked about some ribs uh, that, that oh maybe connected the two of you. I want to hear those stories for sure. Well, you remember, you remember Fonz. Everybody yeah. remembers the Fonz, man. We had a deal, man. Instead of us driving our own automobiles to go to the town, we decided to rent cars from budget. You know, they, they would actually rent us a fucking Lincoln Continental Time town car for like 120 bucks a week. You know, and right. we just drive the piss out of it, man. You yeah. know, 
300 mile trips wasn't nothing new to us. I'm talking 600 miles for the day. Ooh. If you went from Tampa to Miami, that was 600 miles from, for the day. Yeah. And usually, and usually you had been at the office all morning cutting your interviews for the next week. Yeah. You know, that was so fucking hard, man. Yeah. But we would do that trip, brother, and the shit that would you you would do just to make things light, you know. Yeah. But check this out. Me, Kevin Sullivan, and Fonzie. Now, who would be the fourth member? Mosca. Really, Mosca. Yeah. Big Ange. What a dickhead he was. <laughs> he was fucking brutal, man. Yeah. He was a bully. Yeah. You know? He big was a big nasty. bully. Big, oh, yeah. He buffaloed a lot of fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he but did. we had Fonzie in the car for us. We had a rule in the car. You couldn't set anybody's hair on fire unless <laughs> they were driving. <laughs> that was the rule. Yeah. And somebody's hair was always catching on fire. It's yeah. the weirdest thing, man. I always blame that on Kevin. <laughs> well, he was the devil. Yeah. Oh, it looks pretty cool tonight. Good guitar. I remember one time, man, I can't remember what had happened, but Jimmy Garvin had fucked with one of us. I think he fucked with Kevin. I can't remember for sure. But, man, we wanted to get him and get him bad, you know, with a, with a nasty rib. So we set his fucking ass up. First thing we had to do is get him in our car, which it wasn't going to be easy. Because, number one, you can't really ride with the heels. Mm. He was a baby face, so we got to watch that. But to in, to in, uh, to get him to want to come, we told him we were going to watch a show. These girls had a birthday between them, and uh, they were going to put on a show for us. That would do it. Jimmy Garvin freaked out. Freaked out. He had to see this shit. So now we got him in the car. And we're driving and we're driving. We got to drive like 150 miles before we get to the place they're doing it. So we drive and drive and drive and we're talking. And Kevin gets Jimmy to talk about his near-death experience. Jimmy had had a near-death experience scuba diving in the sinkholes in Florida. And he'd gotten turned around in one of those fucking holes and was lost and running out of fucking air. And he almost suffocated and drowned, man. Holy shit. But he, he swears up and down that he seen, you know, the, the walls were starting to close in on him and things were getting smaller and there's just a light in front of him. Well, Kevin got into talking about this shit because you know we're stoned anyway. <laughs> and, and Jimmy's rattling now, man, because he's got us all on the edge of our seats. And then Kevin says, wow, this is a great day. What a great day for a birthday. And he fucking takes a two-pound package of flour and just bombs Jimmy Garvin's head with it. <laughs> now, Jimmy Garvin had that great big full hair, remember? Right. And we're like, oh, my God, you could almost make a cake if you had some, oh, I don't know. And boom, here comes the beer on it. <laughs> just emptying beer cans on him, man. Oh, don't forget this. Kevin hits you with a dozen eggs. Yeah. And, and just does his hair a couple of times, right? We're all laughing our asses off. We're all covered on fuck with fucking flour. And we pull over at some truck stop because Jimmy's hair is hurting. Because it because the, the, the yeast and everything's rising. Oh my god! You know, and his head's turned into a great big giant shit. You know, <laughs> so we pull over to truck stop and they take a water hose to him, man, and get a lot of it off. But the next morning, man, I went out there and looked at that car. Holy fuck! Oh, there was like seven inches of dough <laughs> in the carpet, <laughs> on the seats. Oh my god! I can't remember what it cost to get that some bitch clean. Oh no, or, is it your or car? If we have, or if we even cleaned it. <laughs> closer to the truth. Wow. I don't know what Jimmy Garvin did, but holy shit, did he pay? Oh, we got him good, man. <laughs> we got him good. We were driving one time across there, Alligator Alley, man, and uh, 
we had a, it was a Plymouth station wagon. You know, the old station wagon looking things. And it was a Plymouth. So we're driving and somebody runs over a fucking alligator. Yep. So we back up, get out, make sure it's dead and throw it in the back of that fucking car. <laughs> What'd you want to do with them? We were just going to take him home, man. It's like, it's like a seven or eight foot alligator, you know? Okay. He could like mount the head or something. Oh my God. You know, and, and there was room for it right there. You could reach over the seat and pat him and everything. <laughs> we're all fucking talking about, we can make up this line. We can make up this line, man. And then all of a sudden we hear a, <laughs> That motherfucker wasn't quite dead. <laughs> no, he was coming back, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to go ahead and kill it, man. But then we got to Tampa. Vondi's out in the front yard wrestling this fucking alligator. Got his fucking mouth open. His hands in it. Vondi actually got a pair of boots made from it. Did he? What it was was when we ran, we either hit it or somebody right in front of us hit it. But it just glanced them, I guess. Yeah. And it was knocked out unconscious, right? Like yeah. Then we threw it up, and like Jake said, we're driving down the road, we're talking, and it's like one of those horror movies. <laughs> what did you say? I didn't say nothing. Did you say something? No. <gasps> Whoa! And you turn around, and it's smacking its tail. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh, it was fucking horrible, man. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> only, only in Florida, man. Yeah. All right, guys, another quick timeout because we've got to take a second to put over our friends over at Jimmy's Famous Seafood and talk to you about how you can get their food brought right to your door. We're talking about the best in the country when it comes to making crab cakes, soups, chowders, oysters, signature steaks, plus desserts and gluten-free items. Uh, there's if, if you've got a dietary restriction such as celiacs or maybe you just don't want gluten in your meal they've got you covered and it all tastes amazing they've been in business for over 40 years and have been featured on diners dine-ins and dry dives beat bobby flay and more and jake our listeners across the country can enjoy what jimmy's has to offer because now they ship their food nationwide uh, so, guys, we know that the Super Bowl is coming up. I don't know who's going to win it, but I do know that I am going to have the best food at the Super Bowl party because I'm ordering uh, one of their gift boxes, and they have got some incredible options over there. Uh, how about the famous gift box? It's got four of the world's best colossal Maryland crab cakes, two different crab soups, crab dip, seafood seasoning, and their signature base sauce. Or, hey, how about the tailgate bundle? to make your football weekend complete with two pounds of wings, a rack of barbecue ribs, a pint of crab dip, dip and crab cake mix. Better yet, why not just go and create your own box and get absolutely everything that you want from their incredible menu over at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. And guess what? It gets even better. Our listeners can enjoy free two-day shipping on orders over $125. That's nationwide shipping, guys. And all you've got to do is go to jimmysfamousseafood.com and use promo code snake that's jimmy's famous seafood.com and promo code snake s-n-a-k-e and you can get free two-day shipping nationwide one more time that's jimmy's famous seafood.com and the promo code is snake so now uh, speaking of only in florida we did talk about you going out to the grocery store kevin i have to imagine that some fans uh were not taking kindly to you being out and about in a fucking cloak well the the thing with it too was i think it it like I said before, because it was so small, Tampa, and everybody knew everybody. You know, people, you know, it's the story. Hey, I was there when he, I saw him in the grocery store. He was wearing his robe. They weren't there, but they told someone that told someone that yeah. told someone. So mm. it gets around like that. If that I had been does. in a three-piece suit, the same thing would have happened. Yeah, bad news, though. Yeah. Kills his fucking gimmick. Yeah. Right. I, I remember even in the WWE, Kamala. He, he went. He, he dressed like Kamala with Everywhere skirt, with a skirt, no shoes. <laughs> That's commitment, man. Yeah, boy, Vince rewarded him for that, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, we actually talked about that on the last episode. What a shame. Uh, end of his life. Uh, things did yeah. not go. Things did not Fuck. go well. Yeah, Vince could have certainly done more. Um, 
But uh, so I do want to get back into Florida. Uh, you you get programmed with Dusty, of course, after all this, and uh, you're you're set for a lights out steel cage match. However, that wasn't the only stipulation. Um, you'd have to agree to a loser leaves town, leaves the state of Florida for right. sixty days match. Um, that may, the match would take place on Christmas Day, December twenty fifth, nineteen eighty two. I was barred from the building. Also, yeah. that's right. Jake was barred from the building. There's a bunch of Santa Clauses walking around. It's the Bayfront Arena in St. Petersburg, Florida. And Sullivan was quoted as saying, "It was the final chapter written at the Bayfront." Uh, we have a video of that night, which I'm about to show. But before we do, I do have a few questions. Uh, so it's an iconic angle. Uh, who came up with this whole thing, Kevin? I, I think Jake and I might have been talking about it, but it was Dusty too because yeah, it, it does. You know, people always talked about Dusty not doing the job. He knew how to do the job. What yeah, it was. and this, I mean, we set this up with flashing lights. Dusty's going over. Dusty ain't leaving Florida. He never did. Jake's fired from the building, so I'm not going to get any assistance. I'm going to get my ass kicked. So they come to see him go over, and I mean, we couldn't have set it up. <laughs> brilliant it, fantastically done and uh was it was dusty booking in florida at the time yes yeah yeah okay but you guys had some input as far as storyline character etc yeah he, I he would listen that. to anything man he yeah. would listen to anything and if he didn't like it he'd just say maybe that's a great idea but i don't think it's quite the time for it <laughs> <laughs> You know, he puts you over before he told you no. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And it's better than hearing, that's fucking stupid, Jake. You know? <laughs> no, baby, that's a wonderful, wonderful idea. It's got potential. <laughs> yeah. uh, at least he's diplomatic. Oh, yeah. fuck. What a worker. Yeah. Well, as promised, we've got the video, and our uh, producer, Dom, is going to queue it up right now. As he catches Kevin Sullivan coming off the ropes, Rhodes again beginning to feel the power uh, surging through his body. And now watch this arrival of Santa Claus. <laughs> An ersatz Santa Claus, and it certainly appeared uh, that something transferred there, and suddenly it, good. you could now watch Rhodes suddenly dropped, dropped in his tracks, and uh, just no telling exactly what it was. There's no telling, but it uh, has Rhodes completely out, and there was no percussion to Rhodes's head. Uh, there was nothing, and now you see uh, this ersatz Santa Claus and Kevin Sullivan disappearing from the scene together. It is obvious that his uh, arrival at ringside was not coincidental, uh, taking advantage over the fact that there were several Santa Clauses there. Uh, a situation, uh, well, as you can see now, uh, the concern and the consternation of all of the people who are filling the ring, uh, trying to find out exactly what felled Dusty Rhodes in the manner in which it did. Well, the cameras followed uh, Kevin Sullivan and uh, this erstwhile Santa Claus uh, back to the dressing room. And, uh, well, what we're going to see right now is totally self-explanatory. Let's take a look. That was it. Uh, wow. Just something else. And you can see the fans grabbing at Jake. Uh, yeah. Realize what's going yeah. on. Uh, can you guys talk a little bit about like uh, what that night was like? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was crazy, man. For me, man, they told me, wait at ringside for Kevin. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? They just had me fucking give Kevin the gizimic. And he's going to fucking beat Dusty in the middle, in yeah. Tampa, Florida, in St. Pete, on Christmas night. Yeah. And Santa Claus is going to screw you? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, getting in the locker room was a lot of fun. Yeah, wonderful. You know what I noticed there? I noticed uh, how quick we were to get up that fucking aisle, I'll tell you. Yeah, but I noticed something else. I'm going to get to that when we get to the, to the balcony. Uh, yeah. How, how When Dusty fell, it wasn't a wrestling bump. It was like he just... No. It was like he OD'd and passed. Yes. Out, you know, and he took me down with him. So, and then Gordon's erstwhile. Gordon's Gordon could go to a murder scene where someone was boiled in his own fingernails. And come up with this monotone voice to sell it. 
but oh, he's too much. Do you remember? Do you remember what happened when we got to the? Yeah, the, something happened. I got hit in the head yeah. or something. No, what happened was St. Pete used to have a balcony. Right, right. So when we get there, I you were in front of me. I was behind you. I'm trying to catch up. And a guy stood up. You remember this? And said, fuck Santa and jumped out of the balcony. Yeah, and that's right. Between, that's right. He landed in between me and you. And he yep. broke his legs. Yeah. All around. It was great. Yeah. Christmas night. <laughs> and you then, go out with your family and yell, fuck Santa. Yeah, then we're, then we're in the locker room and we're hearing fucking people outside. We want to kill Santa. Yeah. Fuck Santa. Fuck yeah. Santa. Oh. The next day, I read in the Tampa paper, that's something I always used to do back in those days when they had a good newspaper. I'd read the Tampa paper, man, you know, the night after. And if you made the paper, brother, that was that was sweet. Yeah. And they're talking about there was three or four guys dressed up like Santa Claus, got shit beat out of them. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Sip was happy gonorrhea. <laughs> You know what else? This was I. It was either your idea or Dusty's idea. The thing he did was he had those other Santas out all night. Yeah. So it wasn't just one Santa. There was like four of them. And then when Jake came out, it wasn't no big deal. Do you know what I mean? They've been there from the beginning. He set the, you know, like in the movies now, the Easter egg. The Easter egg was yeah. set way at the beginning of the movie. And uh, it was just <laughs> I'm laughing. Yeah. After Jake hands me the gimmick, about four people in the front row, having from the back. Brother, yep. he, he, had a, he fought them off. I mean, that could have been a very dangerous position. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah. yeah, you saw in the video there. Like, even it's right before he hands hands you the gimmick. Yeah. Uh, they're snat They they see what's happening and they're starting to snatch oh, it. Jake, yeah. it's like, yeah. oh man, uh, what was it like leaving the arena that night? Oh, it wasn't too bad. The cops were there, man. They, yeah, they had good cops there, man, and uh, they they took care of us. Unlike another place when you work in Florida, I went to. And we'll talk about some other time, but the lovely Nassau, <laughs> you know. That fucking building. Holy shit. Being, being in the prison yard would have been five steps up from where we were at. The, the whole outside of the building is covered with broken glass. It's stuck in the cement. That way you can't crawl the walls. Oh, my God. But they yeah. sit on They still did. They'd they go up there and be the sit on them. Models. And then... They, they had some big trees that were close by to the fucking locker room, too. And they get up in those motherfuckers. But that's not enough. Throwing rocks ain't enough. No, no, no. They got something called a fucking Frisbee-like thing. And what it was was a big square of fucking roofing. You know? <laughs> those big squares. And they'd zip them. And those things just come in from the weirdest fucking angles, man. And just knocked the dog shit out of you. Yeah. I, well, I, damn it, I've already told half the story. But anyway, I got stuck over there wrestling Skip Young. Thank you, Kevin. Great booking. <laughs> Kevin and Dusty weren't there. So I got Skip Young. Well, I put his ass over and they still nearly to kill me. Getting up the aisle was a son of a bitch. And then once I got in the locker room, they broke the fucking windows out that had been covered in board. They ripped the boards off and then were throwing half bricks at me. Oh and I'm trapped in this small fucking room. So I, I grab them. They got a wrestling pad in there. So I, I'm making myself a wall. So I'm holding that fucking thing here. In the thump, boom, thump, boom. And the cops, the cops start throwing the shit back out. I'm like, don't throw that shit out. You're going to piss him off. Again, motherfucker. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I got I got about 12 stitches that night. Wow. I got he, something dropped on my head, man. Yeah, they did, you know, Haku. How yeah. Tough, how everybody talks about Haku being the toughest guy in the business. I saw something that I guarantee you made him the toughest guy in my eyes. They used to sit to like Jake said we had a little dress room that was like a it was like a 
storage unit, but it yeah. was like it was a little bit bigger. It's an old conch storage house. They'd sit on the roof of that place, and we'd have to run in <sighs> as we run in. And they had umbrellas too, and they'd stab you with the umbrellas. As I, I'm ready to go out, and I see Ming coming back, and all of a sudden they threw a cinder block and hit him on the shoulder oh, from the fuck. roof. He dropped to a knee, but he just shook it off and came in. If they oh. had hit him in the head, it would have killed him. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah, it was a, that was the craziest place I've ever wrestled. Oh, it was rough, man. It was rough. I'd, I'd like to see a handful of the uh, guys today go through that experience. Ooh, <laughs> man, I maybe, cannot Maybe imagine. they've learned how to work. <laughs> Well, so uh, the the whole match it's uh, it it turns Dusty into the Midnight Rider, as we all know, because uh, he was supposed to leave the territory, but he comes back as the Midnight Rider. What do you guys think of that gimmick? Loved it, absolutely loved it. I did too, and you know, Dusty, he you know he has That's a genius. part of him. He thinks he's reincarnated Jesse James, you know. Yeah, and that he loves that, and he got Willie Nelson to do some stuff for. From, so he he was in his glory, but I got to tell you something about the Midnight Rider that was one of the most funniest things I ever saw in my life. What's that? He did that angle in Charlotte too later on. Yeah, in the late eighties, uh, right before, you know, I I guess it was right after, right before Jimmy sold out to uh, Turtle. So we. You, do you remember in uh, Greensboro, Jake, you went up a, a, a slight elevation. It was like, a, you know, uh, it was a cement uh, elevation about f five feet high. Yeah. And, you know, you get through the, it was a ramp going up and then you get to the the building and the, 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 yeah. the island was cement too. Yeah. Well, they're gonna they're gonna try something new. They're gonna show a guy coming in from the entrance, the midnight rider on the horse coming Oh out. fuck. <laughs> you know what happens? That oh, as fuck. the horse goes up, he's got metal shoes on the horse, the you know, horseshoes. Slides. The horse is slipping all the way down. By the time it never got to the top of the rim. By the time Dusty got off of it, Dusty's feet were on the ground and the horse's legs were bent. I thought, oh, this is... <laughs> <laughs> I, oh I, I know everything's so perfect today, but... Sometimes, yeah, it's, sometimes it's great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll, give, I'll, give the, I'll give the dream that one. <laughs> Yeah. All right. By now, guys, you know, I love talking about old wrestling. What you might not know is it's not my real passion. My real passion is helping people save money. My real passion is getting families out of apartments and into houses. My real passion is getting people's finances aligned so they can retire on time. I hated going to Walmart and seeing the greeter being 80 years old. She should not be working. She should be home. Why is she still working? Because she still has a mortgage. I want to help avoid that for you. The other thing I want to help you with, let's make sure your kids don't get saddled with student loans. If you've got a student loan, why did you get one? Maybe because your parents still had a mortgage. I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm being sincere. There's only so much money to go around. What I want to help you do is figure out where you are right now and where you want to be long-term. And I do it at SaveWithConrad.com. I've been doing mortgages for more than 20 years. And during all that time, we've helped tens of thousands of families change their life. I mean, routinely, we're helping our podcast listeners save five, six, seven, eight hundred bucks a month, but more importantly, get them out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments. But if you don't think it can happen for you, let me just tell you this. We are not the bank. We don't say no. We say not yet, but here's how. We're going to get you a game plan on how to improve your credit, how to save a little bit of cash and how to get into that dream house. Maybe you're already in the house, but it would be nice if someday we could put a pool in the back or one day we want to upgrade to hardwood floors or remodel the kitchen or get a badass master bathroom. I can help you do all of that with no money out of pocket right now at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. 
Check it out. Savewithconrad.com, NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And hey, y'all, don't take my word for it. Check us out. We've got an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. And as if that's not enough, go look at our reviews. Read them and weep, haters. ConradReviews.com. You'll see more than a thousand five-star reviews. Our average review is 4.72 stars. Find out how much money you can save. Take control of your life in 2023 by taking control of your finances. We're going to show you how to keep more of your own money. If you've got credit card debt, what are you paying on that? 14%, 28%. You know, you can do better with the mortgage though. You may not know this. The interest you pay is tax deductible. And we can even show you how to skip your next two house payments. So if you could get a lower monthly payment, pay your debt off faster, get a greater tax deduction at the end of the year. And right now, right after the holidays, skip your next two payments, buddy, this is the biggest no brainer in the history of the world. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. Or Hey man, shoot me an email directly. Conrad at savewithconrad.com. I will say this. It's the, the feud continues for a while and you guys are trying to uh, prove that it is in fact, dusty roads under the hood. Um, But then Ric Flair comes into the territory and kind of scoops the heat a little bit. Uh, He comes in uh, and, and uh, dusty gets a world title shot. Uh, JJ Dillon offers him $50,000 to prove this, not the midnight rider. Um, So the feud is temporarily transferred. Um, But Jake and I were involved in that too. Yes. Because the thing was, you know, Dusty won the title. And uh, Geigel said he had gotten a telegram from somebody, and it was me and Jake, that said, okay, you can have a, a masked wrestler be the world champion, but he has to show the NWA president who he is. And Dusty wouldn't because he'd be suspended, so he had to give the belt up. Mm. So it, it, it kind of elevated us, too, to be get the wrestlers. Yeah. It did. It did. Yeah. And you guys weren't exactly sitting on your hands either when he was wrestling Flair. I've got here in my notes that uh, just shortly before Jake would have left the territory, uh, you guys teamed up in this crazy match. It's a bunkhouse match against Barry Windham and Andre the Giant. What do you guys remember about this match? Fucking nothing. Thank God. Because <laughs> I know I got my ass kicked. <laughs> I know. Kevin, what the fuck? That was dusty. Jake and boy, Jesus I can Christ. remember that. I can remember that. The, the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Jake and I were, we got the bunkhouse shit on our boots and, you know, jeans and the, <laughs> our flannel shirts on. Out comes Barry, who looks like a movie star, and Andre the Giant with cowboy boots on. <laughs> I'm, <Fuck. laughs> We didn't have a chance. Doesn't fit him, and he's drank about a crate of wine. Oh God! (laughs) We, me and Jake, bounced around like we're we're pissing ourselves, man. Oh God! Sometimes shit will be happening out there that you people have no idea what's going on, but we're seeing some crazy ass shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen just—I think I've seen pretty near everything. Yeah. You know, when when I seen Mabel, uh, not Mabel, but uh. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Moolah's uh, girlfriend, what was her name? Uh, May Young. May Young. When she gave what's his name the face fuck in the corner, man. That was, <laughs> that was when I, I was done, man. <laughs> they had gone too far. Yeah. So rumor Fucking has Pat it. Patterson. Rumor no has panties it. on. Rumor has it she stuffed some sardines in her pants. Too. Right, right. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, when I was doing oh. research, I did like a double, I did a double take when oh, I saw that's this. That's so hot. A, a, <laughs> I did a double take when I saw this, a bunkhouse match with Barry Windham and Andre the Giant. Yeah. Under those circumstances, is it Jake and Andre are kind of paired up for the most part? Or is it oh, Jake no. and Barry? You're, you're with Barry. Bar- yeah. <laughs> but the Giants still beat us both up. Yeah, he whipped our ass. Yeah. Make no, make no fucking, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. He done exactly what he wanted to do, not a bit fucking more. Yeah, yeah. Man, uh, just wild. And Jake, as I noted, uh, you weren't long for the territory. Uh, you'd you'd be gone here in just. I, I want to say it was just after February of that year. Yeah. Um. So that would have been about forty years ago, right now. Um. Do you remember why you wound up leaving the territory while this such a red hot thing was going on? 
I was having some emotional issues right at the time, man. I was oh, dealing really? with a lot of shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. And just ready to go back to Mid-South? Uh, ready to go home. Ah, okay. I need to get home. So. I got you. Well, uh, so after uh, Roberts would leave, uh, Sullivan's Army of Darkness would just continue to grow. You got members like Purple Haze, King Curtis, Fallen Angel, Nancy, of course, um, and Billy Graham, which is uh, which is a pretty interesting note. He was in kind of like a karate gimmick at the time. Yeah. Uh, so, so Kevin, I mean, at this time, it's it just continues to pick up more and more momentum. Uh, what is what is the reaction like when you're when you're out and about now? I mean, so we saw what happened here with Jake at the arena where he got attacked <laughs> essentially, and you have to tell him these stories. What's happening with you once you know this devil gimmick carries on? So the there were some towns that were tough. I mean, Orlando, <clears throat> there's a uh, suburb outside of Orlando called Casadega. It's a it's a town for people, you know, mediums, uh, people paranormal, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I remember that shit. You remember that, Jake? And, yeah, I do. Uh, later on, they would come and cheer me and Jake and the old yeah, they'd seven of them. in the first row wearing yeah. robes, and shit, yeah. man. In yeah. Tampa, they were real bad about it, man. Yeah. So, there was a shit ton of them in Tampa. I got a uh, one time. This is after Jake had left. They came, and uh, if I was on last, I wouldn't rush out of there in Orlando because I didn't want them to snipe me. Yeah, and I, I'm going. I wait until the very end and I'm getting ready to go to the car, and all of a sudden I see this thing blow up, and I. And this is when the, they had the fields in Orlando. The building was out in the field. And I'm driving around it. And I look. And they're beating these guys with two-by-fours. And they blew up their van. So <laughs> it, it was it could be a little tough in that place. Because yeah. when you think Florida, you don't think of where we were in Orlando. It was cowboy <laughs> country. All cowboys. We had Kitty Mac running around with a damn... <laughs> Bowie knife and a trunk full of automatic weapons. Oh my god, he tried to talk us into going down to what was it, Overton or over, yeah, over to Liberty City and over. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Everybody had an automatic weapon there, yeah. yeah. Man, he wanted to go over there and see if he could start a little something. What the yeah. fuck are you talking about? Start you gotta remember, this guy's only got one. his legs, too, are shot. He's been. He was shot by bikers, right? Yeah, he was in, uh, you know who Don Fargo was, right? Oh, yeah, that was Don Fargo. Him. Partners in Indiana, and they went as the Hell's Angels. Right. Wrestling, and the Hell's Angels told them, no more of that bullshit. Right. So they, they were in a bar one night, and they said, oh, come back to our house. Well, when they walked in the house, the guys came in with shotguns, shot, shot at both of them, hit Kenny, Kenny Mack. And he went to the hospital and he got an infection in his leg and they started to carve his leg, the infection out of his leg. Right. Oh, boy. They basically skinned him alive. Yeah. Ooh. It took weeks to do that. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. He, he had a bit of an edge. <laughs> it sounds that way. Yeah. It sounds like a story a for the dark side of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> I, like Look, I don't know. I, I, he might be a little too stiff for dark side. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, Jesus. My God. Well, uh, Kevin, the, the rivalry between yourself and Dusty wasn't quite done yet. Uh, you would actually don a mask after getting suspended. You, you came back as Lucifer. <laughs> he was doing the Midnight Rider. You guys had a lights out steel cage match again. Um, and, where the loser on mask would be banned from CWF forever. And of, of course, Dusty would win. Right. Um, it just, man, it's such great long-term storytelling done here with you guys. And I did want to ask, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how much modern wrestling you watch. What, what do you think about modern, uh, wrestling as far as this kind of age of instant gratification and the, there's real, really no dedication to long-term storytelling like this. Uh, I'll let Kevin have that one. <laughs> I, I think the thing is, uh, now that this competition 
that they're both so leery of anybody getting over because they're afraid to drop in the ratings at all. It isn't like when Jake and I were in IA day that we're getting paid off of pay-per-views and we're getting paid off of uh, the house shows. Now they're getting paid off of TV revenue. Uh-huh. And I, I don't think that proper planning prevents piss poor performance. I don't see, think they see far enough out. I, I'm sure J- this is how Jake Miner works. So when he has an idea of an angle, he knows the end of the angle and backs it all the way up, whether it's That's three right. months, six months, or whatever. That's how you do it right. Yeah, you can't write a book unless you know the ending of the book. Yeah. And that's what happens. They, they, they're under the gun so much. But the wrestling itself, there's some terrific in Jake and our day. Oh. So the guys with some of them were the, you know, the shits. I mean, it, it gets progressively better and better and taste change. I mean, back in our day when we were kids, the guys that came before us were telling us, oh, don't do anything. You know, don't do anything. They didn't want it. So, I mean, I think there's some very good stuff out there. Oh, there is. Yeah. I, I just I just wondered if you mixed a little bit what, of what we did with that and then turned, turned the knob back to maybe medium instead of hot. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could come to an agreement there, but you know, they, storytelling's a lost art. Yeah, right now, you know, and, and the interviews have a lot to do with it. Some of the personalities, uh, these guys come on television every week, and they're given that time, and that time is expensive. Yes, when you start talking about ten minutes of TV, running your fucking yap, you better be pretty fucking good at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And fortunately for AEW, they have two or three guys that can do it. Yeah. You know, you got uh, what the hell? Kenny MJF. and Jim JF. And Jericho. Jericho. And they're still telling stories. Jericho is. If you watch Jericho's, when he hooks up with somebody, he's going to be hooked up with them for about a month. And yeah. they'll come on every week and do something. And they'll build it. Yeah, uh, that's kind of the way he runs, and I respect that. And uh, I think AEW is very fortunate to have Chris. Oh, I do too. He's one of the better uh, and storytellers know, around. Brian Danielson. I mean, they got some great yeah. talent. Yeah, unbelievable I mean, talent. I mean, I, I I look at his work and I say, wow. And I mean, Omega. I mean, they got a yeah. lot on it. Yeah. Very good talent. Yeah. Omega's pretty pretty close to my favorite though. He's got something about him that's special. Yeah. Really Remarkable. Does. Remarkable athlete. And Kevin, I saw recently where you were with another really great athlete, uh carrying cross. Uh yeah. you, you did a little vignette with him, Jake. I'm not sure if you saw it, it was online. But yeah. uh but Kevin, it was a little bit of a departure uh from your usual character. You came in as a priest. Well, is it say what? Am I a priest? Or That's blasphemy. Am I a priest, or is it just I have that uh, black robe again? There you go. Hood, without a hood, it's all. He's no longer in the hood. Yeah, but I mean, you talk about a big, impressive kid. He's not a kid. He's thirty-five years old. He, Jake, he's six-five. And he's got to be 275, and he's ripped. I mean, yeah. I look for that kid to go to Hollywood and be a huge star. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, yeah. he looks like a million bucks. Handsome, good head of handsome. hair, as you said, handsome. great build. A lot yeah. like me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, when, I him, when I met him, he had the shaved head, right? Yeah. Now he's got the hair growing back because he's done a movie just recently. That's why he grew the hair back. Him and his wife are one of the most handsome couples I've ever seen in my oh, life. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And she she's his valet, so they got a good thing going there. But he he was n- nice enough to call me and ask me if I do it. I said, Yeah, I love it. Well, it was so cool, and it's so cool of you to join us here today, Mr. Sullivan. Uh, I know you said call you Ke- Kevin, yeah. but I, I've got I've got so much respect for you and everything you've done, and really appreciate you being here. Uh, what else is going on with you? I know that you've got a podcast yourself, right? Yeah, Taskmaster Talks, but I've, I've been doing some conventions, and uh, 
I'm lucky enough that I'm down here in Florida visit family, and I get to go to some of the local conventions here, and they have all a lot in Miami. So I'm I'm working out every weekend. I go out, and thank God it's, you know, I'm home the next day. That's that's what's wonderful, you know. I, I hate that uh, there's going to be a lot of people not being able to do what we're doing right now. Because yeah. I, I don't think the strength of the characters today yeah. is not there. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be a pretty flat lake. It's got some ripples in it. But man, with all the talent here, you know, it'll be fucking going off. <laughs> Every fucking week. I mean, you got you got shitloads of TV time, man. You can do good television. You can do good matches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this what we talked about here today is a really good example of it. Just what dedication to a storyline can do. It's remarkable. And hey, take a look at that thing. Is that available yet at JakeTheSnakeShop.com? Jake? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That thing is fantastic. For those of you who are just listening and not watching our podcast, it's like a bronze oh. statue of, of Jake with half of his head is like a skull. There's a snake coming in. And that is awesome. We've got he's got different co- colors, I different variants that. of it. It is so cool. Made, of course, by uh, the former Kazarni of WWE fame, Sin Bodhi. Um, he makes all kinds of really awesome stuff like that. As a matter of fact, I've seen that he's made some Kevin Sullivan stuff, too. He's a yeah. very talented guy, huh? He is. He's a wonderful person. Those are so cool. And they are up for sale right now at jakethesnakeshop.com. And Jake will sign it for you. Yeah. Guys, we're, at, we're having a blast here in the snake pit. I hope you listeners have been enjoying it as well. Uh, we've been posting about it on social media. But in case you've missed it, you can uh, get your product or message on our podcast when you go to advertisewithsnake.com. If you're listening to this, there's a really strong probability that we're targeting the exact demo that you're looking to attract, and you will certainly see results from our loyal listeners. Again, go to over- advertisewithsnake.com and get your message in front of our giant network of listeners. Uh, we're constantly updating our merch over at boxygimmicks.com. I'm wearing a shirt right now. It's Jake in the old uh, ice cream bar. I know that Jake's wearing one, too, and we've all got all kinds of really cool stuff. There's a WrestleFest-inspired mug, WrestleFest shirt, hoodie, hats, T-shirts, fanny pack, and much more. We've got a really strong emphasis on bringing you guys vintage-looking merchandise that acts like kind of a love letter to fans from the 80s and 90s. So head over there and have a look. It's at boxygimmicks.com. If you've got a question for Jake, you can drop it over at Snake Pit Pod on all social media platforms. We'll do our best to uh, answer it on one of our Ask Jake Anything podcasts. And check us out on YouTube over at youtube.com forward slash at Snake Pit Pod. There's all kinds of short little sample size uh, bites of our podcast that you can listen to and enjoy over there. If you're enjoying us on a podcast platform, please uh, like, subscribe, and leave us a five-star review. And check out adfreeshows.com. You get all these podcasts early and ad-free. It's just $9 a month. Catch Jake on Twitter at JakeSnakeDDT, on Instagram at JakeTheSnakeDDT, and on Facebook at RealJakeTheSnake. You can follow me at Marcus P. D'Angelo on Twitter. Mr. Sullivan, Kevin, again, thank you so much for joining us thank here today. You. It was thank awesome. You, it was it was enlightening. Kevin, I love you, brother. Love you too, brother. Take care, man.